0: Studio 1 at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Some people might call it
1: recency bias. Some people think we're too impacted by what happens at the end of the year. But maybe, just maybe, what we got last night was the NBA equivalent of the Heisman moment where the best player came up the biggest when he had to the most. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry last night... Joel Embiid scored 52 points, 52 out of the Sixers, 103 points. I'm not great at math, but I think that's just over half of the points in a win, a 103-101 win over the rival Celtics, and it has everybody talking about MVPs, because Doc Rivers said last night that it's over, that the race is all done, that the MVP is definitive, and that it is Joel Embiid. And in fact, this morning, he was asked about it on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, and this is what coach
0: said the 52 points were huge uh the efficiency 20 for 25 the rebounds the assists uh the game changing shots defensively you know you're sitting there as a coach and you say this is what an mvp looks like to me and so that's why i said it and and what else helped me say it i guess is when we walked in the locker room all the players were were saying it so uh, it it was almost it was almost like you better go out here and say this coach because it's true are we
1: saying it though, Harry? Is it at this point? Is it definitive that Joel Embiid is the MVP?
2: Okay, 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 Coach. Relax a little bit. Joel Embiid is the front runner right now in my eyes for the MVP award. But I will say this: I think it's going to take every single game that they have down to down the stretch for Joel Embiid to solidify the MVP award. Because when you look at people like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's averaging 31.1, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and you look at what he was able to do last night, having a triple-double scoring 28-11-10 in a win versus the Washington Wizards, He's neck and neck right now. You look at Nikola Jokic and what he's doing this season. But I will tell you this, in my eyes, Nikola Jokic, when you're going down the stretch, you can't have flaw games. And what I thought last night he had was a flaw game, only scoring 14 points, 10 rebounds, had eight turnovers in that matchup, and a loss to the Houston Rockets, who is one of the worst teams in the NBA, so that matters, Fitz. And I compare it to, you know, the Heisman Trophy Award when you're in college, uh, uh, college football, right? And you might not start the year off great as a Heisman candidate, but you, you know, the, the, the late part of the year is very, very strong. You look at Bryce Young when he had that SEC championship win against Georgia and he balled out and he also had that game where he passed for like 500 yards. What you do down the stretch is what people will probably remember the most. Of course, it's your whole body of work. But what you do down the stretch, in which Joel Embiid had 52 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 20-25 shooting, versus the Boston Celtics, the team that has the second-best record in the NBA. That matters. So down the stretch... You look at all three of those guys, right? Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeCoupeau, they have the Bulls, Grizzlies, Raptors left. You look at the Sixers, they have the Hawks, Heat, Nets left. You look at the Nuggets, Suns, Jazz, Kings. But right now, in my eyes, it's the seven footer that weighs 280 pounds, Joel Embiid, that's the front runner. Now, am I just going to 100% say it's his right now? I can't do that because you still have three significant games left.
1: For me, he's not even the front runner. Like, I, I, like I know that Embiid has been absolutely spectacular this year. I got no problem with that. And by the way, uh, when we're talking about greatness, I think Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis all belong in this conversation. But I say Giannis because I'm just stunned that Giannis at this point averaging 31.1 points per game, 11.8 rebounds a game, 5.6 assists per game. He's doing it efficiently. He's only played 38 minutes or more in five games. All season, They are limiting his minutes to keep him fresh for the playoffs, which I think is going to be significant. He's been able to take Milwaukee, who throughout the course of this season has had their own injury battles that they've been battling uh, through the course of it, and they still have the best record in the NBA. They're still the best team in the NBA. He's the best player on the best team in the NBA. Right now, I think if I had to pick one guy that I'm the the most scared to face in a playoff game between Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis, it's Giannis. Like I think we've just gotten so used to the great to see Giannis that we sort of roll our eyes to it but to me Giannis is the MVP
2: but check this out though who has a better supporting cast is it Joel Embiid is it Giannis Antetokounmpo because see when Giannis doesn't play the Milwaukee Bucks still look you know amazing they still look like that team that people have to be wrecking with a force you take Joel Embiid off of the 76's ain't nobody scared of no damn 76 ain't nobody scared of Philly Nobody's scared of Philly. So the supporting cast of Embiid is not as strong as the supporting cast of Giannis Antetokounmpo.
1: But don't we have to give Giannis credit for the fact that you know throughout the course of the Bucks and what they did early in the season, they didn't have any Chris Middleton for how long, and they True still story. were so good, right? Like even when he didn't have that supporting cast, he was still out there balling out, right? Like there, there's just a physical presence to it. The problem, and and I think this is this isn't new to Giannis. This is sort of history, right? Like there's a spot where the guys that are just huge, whether it was Shaq, whether it's. LeBron, whether it's Giannis, the guys that are just physical freaks that look like they could just absolutely demolish you with their pinky toe, right? Like, those guys eventually were were really impressed with it the first few years they do it. Giannis gets a couple of MVPs. Everybody's impressed with it. But then it's almost like people get bored. The reason I don't think that's happened with Jokic is frankly, I think a lot of people just haven't watched a ton of Jokic. Like, how do you get bored of somebody that's barely ever on national TV, whose games are hard to find after time, right? So, people don't move on as quickly, but Giannis has been in the spotlight for so long that we've just gotten used to seeing physical specimens do things that we've never seen before, and do it on both ends of the floor, and play with range defensively. Like, it just, for me, every night when I turn on the TV, when I know, I know, when Giannis is in the game, that he is going to play 100% on both ends of the floor, he's going to do it with an explosiveness that is hard to qualify. He is going to do it in a way that leads Milwaukee to victory and all of it is happening quietly compared to the way we talk about other MVP candidates. It's not that Embiid hasn't been great. It's just that Giannis is the best on the best. So for me, that means MVP.
2: Well, and I'm not going to sit up here and say you don't have a great argument, but when you look at Embiid, Embiid alters shots on the defensive end. That's as fair well. too. Yeah, he does. And he's so dominant when he has the basketball. And what makes him so dominant is not just the physical presence, but the ability to step out to the three-point line. The ability, you know, to, to have Grant Williams last night in that triple threat position. Y'all want to know what a triple threat position is? P- position where you can pass shoot a dribble. That's the triple threat, baby. You learn that basketball one-on-one. When he got Grant Williams in the triple threat position and he keeps jabbing him, jabbing him. And you know, you know Grant Williams flops and Giannis, I mean, excuse me, uh, Embiid hits the shot and it's a big shot in that ball game. And Jason Tatum is, is fussing and, and mad at the ref and gets a tech. Those are the type of things that make Embiid so much different so, from so many other people. It's because you can put his back to the basket. He's efficient from the free throw line, he can shoot it from the perimeter outside the three point line, and he's just dominant in the paint. All around, his all around game is just so phenomenal. But what I love about all three of these guys, and especially when you look at a Giannis who had free throw problems, and you look at a Joel Embiid who lost to Kawhi Leonard and Toronto Raptors in that shot, and you, you see them crying yeah. because it crushed them. It matters to them, Fitz. And they work on their game and they get better each year because it matters that much to them. They aren't satisfied.
1: The nuance, and I love that. The nuance in this conversation is that, by the way, if any of the three guys win the MVP, any of them, I don't care, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, whoever wins it, I can look at it and be like, yep, I get it. I understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. That's the, the craziest thing about this NBA year. By the way, every one of them has a, a level of confidence, which uh, is part of what makes them who they are. Uh, Joel Embiid obviously has that confidence and, frankly, agreed with Doc afterwards in the press conference when he was asked about being the MVP.
0: Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, they're probably right, but we got bigger goals.
3: Probably
0: right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, they're probably right, but we got bigger goals in mind. Uh, you know, we uh, we understand we got a chance, but it's not gonna be easy.
1: And saying they're probably right that he's locked it up, but also saying they got bigger goals. I'm telling you, some of these uh, great competitors on the East are ready for a playoff run that is going to be epic. All right, from the East to the West, one team won last night, but may have lost at the same time. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry,
0: the podcast.
3: These are the most important games the Lakers have played since they were in the 2020 Finals. Can't be sent down at this time of year. Not with the money that you're making, not with a playoff birth on the line, not with championship aspirations supposedly in your window. They are protecting that right foot. So part of it is the training staff, but I think you've got to push all your luck. The way they played early in the season has left them no margin for error. And because of that, they can't take chances. They've got to go all for it, and that's the way it's got to be.
1: They're going all for it right now at the Masters. The par three is underway. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. Every single ounce of the action is right there for you. You want to make sure you check it out. It looks gorgeous on that beautiful green. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel eighty, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll keep you updated. If anything significant happens throughout the Masters, we have some sound effects, right? We have sound effects, guys. So uh, we've got... Oh, uh, in fact, they've actually given me the sound effects. I'm just going to let you all know it. if there's a Tiger Woods update, we'll play you this. What
0: do tigers dream of when they take a
2: little tiger snooze?
0: Fitz and Harry, Tiger Update.
1: Oh, man, I'm telling you. Okay, there's no Tiger update yet, but Harry, you got to admit that feels good, right? Like uh, it's only funny to me because we went with a hangover and wild chaos for a sport that's so polite and everything. Like uh, they're, they're out there, you know, golf clapping and everybody's being uh, reserved, and we're in here uh, with with thrashing metal. Uh, apparently, we also have this in case there's just a general Masters bed that has nothing to do with Tiger. Uh, if there's an update, we will play you this.
0: Live from Augusta, Georgia. This is a Fitz and Harry Masters Update.
1: Oh, man, that feels good. That feels good. You know, right now the update is that uh, it's underway. And by the way, stream live on ESPN+. All right. I feel like I'm ready to call the Masters now. I feel like I've got that whole thing. Somebody, I like me. the
2: ha- I like the hangover stuff, though. You know okay. that's up
1: my alley. All right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's going to be the way we cover uh, a little bit of golf. What for do you.
2: Tigers
1: dream Did you – and nobody asked for this story. We'll get to the basketball in a second. But a fun story about that, did you know that that was just an improv moment? That, in fact, he was sitting at the piano, and they were bored in between takes while they were waiting to reset something, and he just started playing it, and they recorded the whole thing, and then it made it in the movie. That was just...
2: That was just Ed uh, Helms Those are, the, you, those are the, the, the unexpected moments are sometimes the best ones. Uh,
1: by the way, unexpected, uh, if you're watching us in the app, right now you just have the graphics up for us because the Masters is on so you don't get to see how good we look uh, during our, our Dress for Success Wednesdays. We'll update you on some controversy about Evan's particular look. But before we get to any of that, uh, NBA last night, we knew that there were a lot of eyeballs on the Lakers. The Lakers get the win over the Jazz. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that beating the Jazz is some remarkable accomplishment because, well, the Jazz stink. But the Lakers get the win over the Jazz, and you would think that that means everything's coming up roses. But maybe it's not, because it took every ounce of everything the Lakers had to do it. They weren't able to win this game in regulation. They had a tip-in opportunity at the end. They had to go to overtime. They get a 135-133 win. LeBron with 37 in that win. And it'd be easy to come in and say, look at all of the glory of that. But the fact is, tonight, Harry, they got a back-to-back. They got to play the Clippers tonight. Coming off of a game where LeBron played 38 minutes. Coming off a game where AD played 42 minutes. That's a lot of minutes for the two guys they need on the floor tonight to be able to back-to-back.
2: Yeah, you talk about two guys who are the staple of their basketball team. Anthony Davis, a guy that they've been playing through since LeBron has been out. And even when LeBron started to come back, they started going, uh, taking everything through him. You talk about LeBron James, a guy who's one of the greatest basketball players who ever played the game, right? So him being on the court is very significant to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, both of those guys exceeded the minutes that they probably want to play last night. But I'm here to tell you, Fitz, I don't give a damn. It's, it's do or die right now. You, you have an opportunity to get to a certain point to be in the playoffs. you got to capitalize on that moment. Right now you're sitting at the seventh seed. You have teams like the New Orleans Pelicans, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Oklahoma City Thunder that are right behind you along, as, along with the Dallas Mavericks. Well, I don't think, I think the, we can go ahead and count, count the Mavericks out. They're, they're yeah, going problem. downhill. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah, they're going downhill. Slippery slope. Sorry, guys. But you play the Los Angeles Clippers. And that's a team that's sitting in the sixth seed right above you. So this is an opportunity for you to, after tonight, be in that sixth seed. So now you don't have to, you know, you got to win the other two games. But for, 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 the, for the time being, you are the sixth seed if you win this matchup. You don't have time for no LeBron and the coaches and AD to be talking about, we got to sit our guys out, they play too much. I don't give a damn. It's, it's go time. It's go time. Ain't no, no time to sit out. You got to make the playoffs. You want to solidify a spot. Solidify it. That's another step in doing that.
1: I, I think part of the importance here is to remember that everything they didn't accomplish to this point in the season put them in the situation they're in. So there's, there's nothing they can do about the fact that they need their stars to play right now. Darvin Ham, a Lakers head coach at the press conference, was asked directly if his stars will play tomorrow. This is what he said.
0: Well, we'll assess them in the morning. You know, as of right now, we just want to try to— not be stuck in Utah with the elements that's going on outside of these walls. Um, And we'll figure it all out. I mean, this time of year, everybody's got a little something going on with their bodies and, you know, our medical staff, uh, they've been great with these quick turnarounds um, and and making sure our nutrition team and everybody, the massage therapists, you know, everybody just doing their part to make sure we can uh, bounce back and be ready for tomorrow night.
1: I mean, also, I I don't hate all that. Like, you know, I got back to back days of Orange Theory. I'm gonna get me a massage therapist, like make sure I can <laughs> be at optimal performance on that treadmill. Hit a new personal record yesterday. Feeling like I'm, I might need my legs stretched out a little bit, like uh, get to get that rubber dub dub up in the tub. I, I like uh, I understand where Darvin Ham's coming from, though. Obviously, in saying, hey, cautiously, they have to look at it this morning. He can't come out and make a definitive statement there until he talks to those players and knows where everybody stands. But this does definitely put them sort of backs against the wall. And if you're the Clippers. I think this puts even more pressure on the Clippers to get this win tonight. I mean, if you can't beat the Lakers on the backside of a back-to-back, like you you got two straight games. They just put in way more minutes and energy than they thought they needed. This becomes the sort of game that the Clippers have to win if the Clippers consider themselves to be a playoff team.
2: Yeah, and Clippers are a team when you look at their roster, right? One of the best ones in the in the NBA, but for some odd and independent reason, this this team hasn't been able to piece everything together. Now, they're in a the spot right now where they're the sixth seed, but they've had the evs and the flows, right? They've had, you know, guys being in and out of the lineup. They've had disappointing moments this season, but you have a game that's going to be on. I think it's the game on national TV.
1: I mean the the game is uh, Lakers and Clippers. Yeah, it's on. I'm I'm pulling it up now to see what what time it is where it is. I don't know. I have, to, I have to pull it up.
2: Well, either way it go, you have an opportunity in front of the world. And if it's not in front of the world, you have an opportunity because all the highlights are yeah. on ESPN.
1: It's on ESPN 10 p.m. I wasn't okay. sure if it was ours. It is at ESPN tonight. We've got two games: Devin Chicago at Milwaukee 7:30, and then we got <laughs> Lakers at Clippers at 10 p.m. So I got it up here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm locked in on the Masters ESPN yeah. what happened Yeah, I I'm, mean, like, I'm like it's a game on, it's a game on national TV was, where's Evan and Devin well, hold on <laughs> this was in the pre-show rundown
1: like it was all in that doc so like okay. that's why I put that together so I actually don't have to listen during the show this okay. is one of my favorite events of the year <laughs> the the Masters Oh okay, okay. Oh, this There's, is the par three contest. All right, you you two you guys saying get the your masters.
2: You, you two guys get your head that, out of it, your. Does answers. this count
1: as the part <laughs> of the masters? The, the the I mean, like, if you win the par three, can you be like, I won at the masters? Do you get a, spe- a special meal afterwards? Like, you, yeah, get, a you get a fancy jacket. You do. You, you get a trophy, but you don't get like the green jacket. You can't go to the champions dinner. All that. They couldn't have like a, a different color jacket for it. Like, you know, maybe like a yellow jacket if you won. Like green if you win the masters. Yellow if you win the par three. <laughs> Like, maybe you don't get to pick the meal at the big dinner, but you get to pick the appetizer? Like,
2: okay. Well, see, see if they listen to us, Fitz, you know, maybe I can get them a trip at the Masters from the people that I know, you know? But, you know, we'll talk about that a I'll little I'll listen later. from now on, I no, promise. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but, but, but the Clippers have opportunity, like, on national TV in front of the world to, you know, show them that, hey, you know what? We are the team, not the Lakers. And you got a guy in Tyronn Lue who who knows LeBron James in and out, especially how he probably feels coming off a back-to-back. So, you know, he probably has something up his sleeves, but – I think the Clippers want to win this just as much as the Lakers want to win it, and we're, we're going to see what happens tonight.
1: Yeah, the Clippers, by the way, lost two in a row. They're only 5-5 five and five in their last 10, and they're tied with the Lakers right now. Uh, by the tiebreaker, they have the 6th seed. The Lakers have the 7th seed. That's how important tonight's matchup is. And, yes, you can watch all of it on ESPN. You don't want to miss any of that action. We'll keep you updated on what's happening in the Masters. We'll keep you updated when we find out anything about the availability of the Lakers' super superstars. But coming up... Is one perennial contender Super Bowl window already closed without a title? That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The
0: 2023 NFL Draft.
3: So are you ready for the draft. Let's get started.
0: Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The
3: NFL Draft is officially open.
0: It all begins with round one. Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Toward the NFL draft.
3: So you ready for the draft? Let's get started.
0: It's time to look at every team's ceiling. The ceiling can hold us and every team's floor. (laughs) This is ceiling and floor. The ceiling is the roof on Fitz and Harry. You know the drill by now. One
1: team from the NFC, one team from the AFC. We'll tell you for each of those respective teams what the ceiling is. How good could it go? And also we'll tell you what the floor is. How bad could it go? Also, after we get through these two teams, we've got a little show beef with another show on ESPN Radio. i we'll to throw some shade at one of our fellow hosts. But first, before we get to any of that, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Devin, why don't you give us a team? We'll figure out the ceiling and the floor.
0: The Buffalo Bills. Oh!
1: Sugar Snap Peas have been waiting for us to get to this one. You know what the ceiling for the Buffalo Bills is? Super Bowl championship. I don't think that's uh, all that hot of a take. They've been in that vicinity the entire time. You know what the floor is for the Buffalo Bills? Winning the AFC East. They are still the best team in their division. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers joins the Jets. They were 13-3 and <laughs> last year because they didn't get that extra game, obviously, against Cincinnati. And we have been talking about them like they were hot garbage for much of the year. I'm just saying, in a year where Josh Allen wasn't his best, well, next year he comes back even more comfortable. We see we see Buffalo. We see the resurgence of Josh Allen. I think they have a real shot at being the number 1 seed overall. But even if things continue to go haywire, they'll still be better than the Jets. They'll still be better than the Dolphins. They'll still be be better than the Patriots who are going to suck. And through that, all of that, there's the, the floor for them is 11 wins in a division championship.
2: Well, I feel attacked because when you said, <laughs> even though, even if they get Aaron Rodgers, I, I felt it in my spirit that you were talking to me. I thought you were talking to me. But let me say this. The ceiling for the Buffalo Bills, yes, is the Super Bowl. In my eyes, I do, do not believe the window has closed for them. Uh, here are a few things I do feel like they need to work on, though. Protecting the quarterback a lot better which is Josh Allen, your franchise guy, also running the football, using Damian Harris, James Cook, Naeem Hines, using those guys to your advantage within the run game so Josh Allen doesn't have to have so much on his plate. Also, from a defensive perspective, on the defensive line, getting more pressure and sacking the quarterback. Von Miller would be coming back when he went out. That defensive line really felt his absence. So really looking forward to seeing that those guys on the defensive side of the ball are going to step up a lot more, more so than they did last year, particularly on that defensive line. So the, the I think the floor for them, wild card birth. It's a wild card berth.
1: Okay. That's the floor for me. Yeah, I don't think we differ that much. One thing to keep an eye on for the draft, I would love to see if Buffalo gets aggressive and moves up for Bijan Robinson. I would just love to see it. I'm telling you, just because I am in love with who Bijan Robinson is as a player, and boy, you want to talk about addressing a need. See, but here's my thing though:
2: if they do that, don't do it. Don't do it, and you don't don't, you don't use them. You had James Cook last year. I thought James Cook could have had more, you know, more snaps. Also, you traded for Naeem Hines. I barely even seen him on offense. So why why would you draft, you know, Bijan Robinson if you're not really going to u- utilize him like that?
1: Yeah, you're probably right. It, I just like the thought of it, but your logic actually makes sense. Devin, as we go ceiling in the floor, where would
0: we like to go next on Fitz and Harry? The Minnesota Vikings.
1: Oh, okay. The Vikings. All right, Harry, I'll let you go first here. The ceiling in the floor for the Minnesota Vikings next year. is...
2: I think the ceiling is a wild card berth because I don't believe they're going to win the division because of the emergence of the Detroit Lions and what they're bringing back and what they're going to add. Um, I think the floor to me is seven to eight wins. Now, I understand Brian Flores is coming over as their defensive coordinator, but you just can't you know throw away the fact that they were one of the worst defenses in the National Football League last year. Also, from an offensive standpoint, one of the things that I notice from this team is that three games, right, when they played the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, and also the Green Bay Packers the second time around, three teams that have number one corners, when Justin Jefferson isn't involved early or is kind of being, you know, contained, I need them secondarily to be better. They, you, got, you got to find a way. Because it was evident in all three of those games, in which they lost pretty bad, that when Justin Jefferson wasn't at the forefront of the offense, everything else diminished,
1: I, I really I agree with everything you're saying about the Vikings. And I don't know what to make of a team that last year seemed to find wild ways to win and wild ways to lose. But they were very good, right? Uh, they yep. did lose some. I mean, losing Eric Hendricks to the Chargers, uh, losing Adam Thielen Huge. to the Panthers, uh, Duke Shelley to the Raiders. Uh, I, I, those are those are significant losses. So I think they've got a lot of pieces that they need to turn around and fix. They've got to find replacements for and right now, I don't know where they stand. I don't feel like the Vikings are a great football team, but I don't feel like they're a terrible one. So to me, the ceiling, you're right, I think is, is a wild card. Uh, I, I think the Lions are going to win the division. I made that clear yesterday. I think they're still probably a 10-win football team. I think they're good. But at the same time, any step back, and particularly any step back at the quarterback position, and I could see them finishing with six or seven wins. Like I, I think there's somewhere between a 7-10 and win football team in my mind. Does that make sense?
2: No, no, it makes perfect sense. and' I'm, I'm up I'm up here looking up right now like the opponents that they have for two thousand and twenty three because that plays a significant role in what they're able to do as well. okay, so they have the Eagles and the Bengals, um they have the NFC south, AFC West, and they also have the san francisco 49ers. so uh, it, it might be it might be tough sledding for them. Because I don't think two years in a row you're going to have the the remarkable 11 one-score wins like you had in 2022. I don't think that's going to happen two years in a row.
1: A hundred percent agree with you. Now, I mentioned that I think the Lions are going to win the division because yesterday we did the Lions in the what is the ceiling, what is the floor. And I said the ceiling for the Lions could be the Super Bowl. That got some reaction. Joe Fortenbaugh, co-host of Joe and Amber, which you can listen to on ESPN Radio from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern every day. Joe and I are buddies, longtime buddies. And all of a sudden, I find out this morning that Joe had this to say about my pick yesterday. Classic Fitz coming out of left field to let you
3: know that the ceiling for the Lions is the Super Bowl, but he's not actually picking them. I didn't hear him at any point say the Lions are going to the Super Bowl, which is what a big boy would do with his big boy pants on. Instead, Fitz was like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw out a half measure. And if it hits, we can play the audio and I can take credit. And if it doesn't hit, I can say, well, I didn't pick him. I just said that was the ceiling. Now, as we all know, I will never pass an opportunity to take a shot at my good friend Jason Fitz. So that's the shot. He lays out a compelling case. The NFC is certainly not the AFC. There's opportunity here. The best way to the playoffs, the best way to make a run is through your division, and the division is weak. Detroit finished last year 9-8. and eight. They got better as the season went on. Two things you gotta worry about. Number one, will they start slow for a third consecutive year under Dan Campbell? They've had two very slow starts and two solid finishes. If they start slow again... I'm not so sure I can get behind it. Number two, Jared Goff. Are you good enough to take this team deep into the playoffs? I can see you getting them there, but are you good enough to take them deep in the playoff? And one thing we got to remember, it's easy to say Philly will be down and the NFC South stinks and the Niners, we don't know who their quarterback is, but teams always emerge. Nobody thought Philly was winning the NFC before the season started last year. No one thought Detroit was going to be that good. No one thought Minnesota was winning 13 games. So be very careful. The New York Giants were a complete afterthought. There will be a couple teams that come out of left field. History has shown us that. The Lions
1: could get to the Super Bowl, yes. I don't think it will be as easy as some people think it will be. So so Fortman balls out here giving me, well, a team could come from out of nowhere. Oh, there's a <laughs> daring prediction, Joe. You didn't tell us what team's going to come out from nowhere, and you sat there, and you said that suddenly I'm like the game is ceiling of the floor. All I did was exactly what I'm instructed. And in. yes, you're right. If the if the Lions go to the Super Bowl, I'm gonna take all the credit. And if they don't, I'm gonna say, look, I was just playing <laughs> the game as like that. He's not wrong about that. But the one guy here that like actually I think is smaller than me saying big boy pants, Fortmanbaugh, let's go, buddy, it's on. And by the way, tell us who those teams are. They're gonna uh, be the expert in the room, Joe. Tell Ooh. all of us. By the way, you should listen to Joe and Amber. They do a great job From 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, on ESPN Radio. Great people, great show, even if Joe's wrong. All right, uh, coming up why it's time for one NFC North team to draft a quarterback. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: Douglas is HD to everyone. Uh,
1: that's exactly how we know it.
0: But what's HD to Harry?
1: This is actually going to be interesting.
0: Let's play. Is that HD to you?
1: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Is that HD to you? Simple concept. We'll ask uh, a situation. In this, in this case, we're going to look at quarterbacks. And we're going to ask Harry a question about something that's clear. Before we get to that, I want to make sure everybody knows you can watch the Masters Par 3 right now on ESPN+. Plus. You don't want to miss it. It is HD to me, crystal clear to me, that the prize is not enough on this as I have now done some Googling and found out that it's just an engraved crystal bowl. So, like, would you get a fruit bowl you're putting in your kitchen because you won the Par 3 at the Masters? They can't give you a little cash for that? I, I, I'm just saying, crystal bowl engraved. Seems like something Annabelle would knock off the counter and then Pam. Well, I'll nothing. take it. Well, I mean, a crystal bowl is fine, but like your wife can go out this afternoon if she decides she needs a crystal fruit bowl and put it on the like that table. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just something something better than a crystal bowl. Like, crystal bowl and cash for one of the par three of the Masters, right? Yeah, you're probably right. All right. So that's HD to me. The question is, what's HD to Harry Douglas? Crystal clear. And what we're going to do is, is it HD clear to you? that the team that we're about to list and we'll go through a bunch of them has their quarterback of the future right now and by like today. So we're not talking about post draft, we're not talking about we're talking about right now. Is it HD to Harry Douglas, crystal clear that this team has their quarterback of the future right now. And let's go to the first quarter the first team on the list that would be the Minnesota Vikings. The I'll, Minnesota Vikings. Thank, thank you. Like, what was sure if we were going to do? Voice go, the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. Vikings. Vikings.
2: Uh, for me, this is a no. Oh. Right? Because I don't expect Kirk Cousins to be the quarterback of that team for a long period of time. Right. That's another reason why a lot of people probably have the Minnesota Vikings slotted to draft Hendon Hooker, which I think is the perfect spot for him there because he wouldn't have to play this year. He could rehab and get back right from the ACL injury and then he can come back and have a full year understanding the system right, and then become the quarterback. And then if they want to move on from Kirk Cousins from that point, then they are able to do so.
1: Yeah, I think there are plenty of opportunities to get out of this Kirk Cousins contract after this year that uh, look pretty amenable to them. And if they draft quarterback, that makes a ton of sense. So I agree with you. I think they're in the quarterback market. Devin, who do we got next?
0: The Indianapolis Colts.
1: Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Do you think oh, they have their Lord, quarterback Lord. right now?
2: <laughs> Hell to the gnaw. No. This, is, this is the biggest no I've ever seen in no history. Even though they brought over Garner Minshew, who was with. Shane Steichen when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles and he understands the system. They're going to be drafting a quarterback at four and if they don't draft one at four, that means they probably moved up to three to get their quarterback, right? So whoever they bring in is going to be a guy who's the future of this team. It is not Garner Minshew. It is not Nick Foles. It is not whoever else they want to have in the category at the quarterback position. It's whoever they draft, that's who who will be the franchise quarterback in the future of this team.
1: Yeah, we agree with this. Like If Evan walked into a bar and Saw Giselle standing there and just walked and Was like, "Hey, Giselle, what up? You want to get dinner?" Her no wouldn't be as big as my no to this one. That's all I'm saying. There's absolutely no chance that they have well, the quarterback of the future.
2: Let's discuss the elephant in the room. Giselle is taller than Evan. Well, I mean,
1: as are most women. Like, so, like, I thought, I thought maybe that was just <laughs> sorry, some, Evan. I still maybe, love you. Maybe she was into that. Like, maybe that's a thing. Like, you never know. Like, oh, sure, guys. Evan, Evan okay. you know, he's he's spunky. He's got a great personality. He's you know. He's just looking at me I like, I don't even know what. <laughs> yeah, she's taller than me. I mean, so what? She's 5'11. So she's tall. Harry, how tall are you? You're the tallest of us, I think. 6'1. Okay, so she's taller than than three of the four of us here. I, I, I mean, I would put a futures. How tall is she? I, I would. 5'11. Oh, okay. I, I put a futures bet down that your daughter will be taller than Evan by the time she gets to third grade. All right, what team do we have up next to uh, uh, Devin?
0: the Baltimore Ravens
1: oh
2: oh. spicy 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 okay I had two answers here and rightfully so yes if Lamar Jackson is back for the Baltimore Ravens no if Lamar Jackson Jackson isn't back for the Baltimore Ravens because I don't see Tyler Huntley being the future of this team so I have two answers here yes with Lamar Jackson no without Lamar Jackson
1: Ravens GM Eric DaCosta was asked just moments ago at the press conference if taking a quarterback in the first round was of consideration this year. And he said, to your point, quote, depends on the board. I think definitively the Ravens' future quarterback is not on their roster. I don't think Lamar wants to be there long-term. I don't think they want Lamar long-term. So I would be stunned if they aren't looking. Even if they can't trade him, even if there isn't a trade done, they go into the draft. If the draft board falls and one of these quarterbacks are there, the Ravens really have to consider taking him just because they're at such an impasse with this contract. So it's not because I don't think Lamar's exceptional. It's just that this contract situation is... Is what it is. Let's go to the next team on the list.
0: The Tennessee Titans. Ooh, Malik Willis, Harry? Quarterback
2: of the future? Nope. Okay. Nope, I don't think so. And Ryan Tannehill is there right now currently. But, you know, the Tennessee Titans sit in the spot at the 11th pick in the draft where they can take a quarterback there. Or they can move up and try to get someone. Or you look at a guy like Hendon Hooker. He could be taken right there as well because he would have a year to sit behind Ryan Tannehill and be able to understand the system that they're be, that, that they're going to run. Right? You have a new general manager that's going to do phenomenal things in Tennessee. That's my boy, y'all. Sorry I had to mention it. Rand Cartone. And I think from the quarterback position, everything is based off that when you look at the National Football League. You also look at the AFC and the quarterback gauntlet that you have to go through. I think them starting over at 11, if if they want to draft Hendon Hooker right there, but if not, if they want to move back and possibly get him, I think that's feasible.
1: The more times we keep talking about a good landing spot for Hendon Hooker, the more I feel like, man, he's going to go somewhere in the first round where he doesn't have to play until his knee's 100%, and then we're, he's going to get a real shot. I, I agree with you. I don't think uh, Ryan Tannehill's a long-term answer, and even when we were doing the draft last year, I, I remember when Malik Willis was picked, and I said to you at the time, it makes sense to take a quarterback right here because there's little risk in it and it's a value, but I never believed that he was going to be the long-term uh, solution there. I still don't believe that now. Uh, what's up? Uh, what's our next team?
0: The Arizona Cardinals.
2: Ooh, tricky. Hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say no, and I know it's going to catch a lot of people's attention, but here's why I'm saying no. The Arizona Cardinals potentially may have the one of the worst records in the National Football League coming up. That will put them at probably the first or second pick overall, which you have Caleb Williams, and then you also have Drake May coming out out of North Carolina. That will put them in a the position to be able to draft one of those guys and be able to trade Kyler Murray to a suitor. So that's why I'm saying no.
1: I actually agree with you that uh, if you look at the cap number for next year, and the year after the dead cap hit would be massive on both those years, but if they're drafting someone next year, they could easily do what we're talking about now, have Kyler Murray in while they groom whoever's coming in next to be the eventual starter. So I think it makes a ton of sense though, just the way you laid it out, but it's just weird to be sitting here saying that right now about a quarterback that's had the success that at times Kyler Murray has had. We'll get back to some more quarterback conversation in a minute, but the question is, who's the real NBA MVP? The answer is clear and simple, and everyone's getting it wrong. Well, tell you why next Fitz and Harry
0: Fitz and Harry the podcast